will be our, 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 our lead-in murmur talk. Welcome to never Mummy mind. Binge. Okay, never mind. No murmur Let's talk, murmur right? talk. <laughs> let's murmur <laughs> while we speak. Okay, you know what? We're, we're already in it. Let's just, let's just start. <laughs> I, like, I think my, my goal throughout this podcast is just to like, ruin everything that we're supposed to do. <laughs> you should just Eric Andre this whole thing and just... Yeah, like, yeah, just... Mandalorian yeah. it. Ah, and then somebody jumps uh, out the window. Yeah, Why not? so... Yeah, hey, guys. Speaking of talk. Eric Andre... Yeah. His ex-girlfriend showed up in, uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. About Eric Andre. After we <sighs> speak of the Mandalorian. So, uh, <laughs> rated PG-13. <laughs> rated PG, directed and written by, what's his face? Rob Schneider. Dave Filoni. <laughs> oh, Dave Filoni. <laughs> I thought we were doing the South Park thing. Actually, it's uh, TV 14, so it's kind of PG 13. Written by George Lucas. No, like not George <laughs> Lucas, but <laughs> it's like I just love the George, Lu- George Lucas voice, George Lucas's voice on South Park. And he is like this. And I was like, you know, I. Well, that's not the first thing I think of when I think of yeah. George Lucas in South yeah, Park. He, he, I think of him like and that. Steven yeah. Spielberg and Indiana Jones yeah. uh, doing the thing. Yeah, I think about that as well. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> I'm glad. Like they. Yeah, uh, there's more than they, me. Yeah, they they assaulted Indiana Jones uh, mm. sexually. Make a very poignant point about Indiana yeah. Jones four at the time, but uh, yeah, at the yeah. time because like the movie was kind of like terrible, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the whole like you know Shia LaBeouf uh, swinging on vines with chimpanzees was a bit too much for me. Oh yeah. And that was um, before we realized that. Spoiler alert. Can, can you believe? <laughs> I know. But like, can you believe that at, there was one point when Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be the next, like Steven Spielberg was basically priming him to be like the next face, like the next big yeah. movie star. Like around that time, uh, it was like Transformers and indie and all that stuff. Yeah, but now well, he's just the weird, like, he's the, artsy, you know, artsy. Yeah, he's the artsy guy who screams you know do it and uh you know does like movies about his dad i think what what was it like honey boy yeah honey boy honey boy yeah where he plays like the the worst come over like ever or something yeah you have a come over in there yeah yeah it's you know the weird thing about his move that movie is that like his comedic timing is still there it's like it's like whenever people that do comedy try to go into something else, I don't know if it's intentional, but like whatever they do next unintentionally is still funny. Like when Todd <laughs> Phillips made the Joker, it was like, there were so much moments that felt like a hangover movie still, even though it was supposed to be deep. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like, uh, well, thing is, I, I mean, there, yeah, the scene that really comes to mind uh, uh, from the Joker is like, you know, when he just killed the guy who he thinks like framed him or something. And then the other clown is still there, but he's too short to open the door. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, like that was, and then then you're like, Oh my God. It's like, I remember when I was in the theater and I saw that, like everyone just gasped because they're like, okay, he's going to leave. And then he can't leave because the lock is too high. And there's like blood all over the place. And you're just, yeah, there's blood all over the place. You're just concentrating on that. Like, Thing is, you don't know whether to laugh or to be like really afraid and scared for, for that other guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh shit, oh, what's gonna happen? And I always liked you, and then like he gives him a kiss or something on the forehead. Yeah. I remember something <laughs> like that. So uh, this week, uh, the Mandalorian uh, season two episode five was it came out? Um, uh, was well, it's chapter thirteen. Two. I yeah. think it's like episode, let's say the fifth episode of season two, um, mm-hmm. chapter 13. The, the Jedi. Jedi. The Jedi. The and Jedi. The, the Jedi. <laughs> Where the Jedi? White, you know, some white lightsabers. Couldn't find the Jedi, you know? You know, like she couldn't afford to put color on her lightsabers. So that's why the white, you know. <laughs> she could, could have been blue, could have been purple. Like, you know, Sam Jackson, but you know, whatever. The you Jedi know. do what the Jedi do. 
That's what she got those lightsabers at the dollar store, you know. <laughs> <laughs> dollar store. I think I saw it at Walmart next to the bikes, you know, Paw Patrol. Yeah, next to the bikes, yeah. Why <laughs> <laughs> she uses AAA batteries? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like the one in the first movie, you know, Obi Wan. He got the slow. He got the slow lightsaber. It goes whizz. It yeah. was white, and then but like she the got sound it. was different. And I'm and I'm being serious here. The sound was actually different from really? the usual lightsaber stuff. I, okay, I, all I was, the all I was the listening the, for that. All the hardcore fans out there, let us know on Instagram. Yeah, what's the sound different? Know. Is there what's a reason the for it? Well, thing is, like they always recycle the same sounds, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, and yeah, this, this one, this one was a bit more like high pitched. Yeah, yeah, it was more high pitched. It sounded more like I didn't have like a, uh, yeah, like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, hey, we saw. Uh, I was gonna say another name, but I'm not gonna say it because that was a mistake. But I'm gonna say the right name, which is Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka shows Tano. Up. She shows up. <laughs> First episode. Looks yeah, good. First there time. Was, there action. was a. There was a specific shot, and this was like my one note for the week. Was that there was a specific shot that told me that. Rosario Dawson was like perfect for the role and it was in the beginning and it's mm -hmm. one of the screenshots that if you type into Google images it's one of the more common ones it was when she she was fighting whoever she was fighting like in the fog yeah like the wh wh who was she fighting it was um it, uh, it was like the, the the for the place right the, like the the, the henchman the henchman, like the, yeah. the henchman like yeah. that that lady's henchman and actually yeah. the the bad the bad guy or the the bad lady in this in this episode is bruce lee's uh goddaughter not <laughs> whoa like that. dude that is cool oh that blew, that blew my mind okay we'll get to that part at the end later because that part was perfect because you had like the samurai influence like standoff yeah. and then you had the western influence like standoff yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. Anyway, this was the most Akira Kurosawa of all the Mandalorian episodes. Yeah, <laughs> it was like especially that were, fog, man. Yeah, at like, the end like, it was like Akira, like Kurosawa, on like one end, while mm -hmm. like simultaneously you had like Sergio. Oh God, I, yeah, I, like I'm Sergio sorry. Leone. Yeah, 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 on yeah the other like, end it was like yeah, you got like your spaghetti westerns mixed with yeah, you know, like your samurai movies. Right. And it kind of reminded me of, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like, it's uh, one of Akira Kurosawa's movies that was based on uh, like that Shakespeare play, uh, Macbeth. Oh. Like uh, there's like- Oh, I know what you're talking about. Hold on, wait. It's not The Hidden Fortress, but it's something else. But like, it, it has like a lot of mood and fog yeah. and, and stuff like that. And it's just like things disappearing and reappearing and, you know, just like that, that, uh, you know, oh, throne of blood, of, throne of blood. Yeah, yeah, throne of blood. So like yeah. that, that sort of aura of mystery and and also like kind of a little bit horror movie ish. Yeah. If you're if you're on the side of the henchmen, I mean. Right. Uh, <laughs> but just like, hey, how did you feel about her cutting down that tree and using that trunk to like you know hit that guy in the face? Oh, that was uh, cool. <laughs> that was cool <laughs> but um yeah i guess yeah it's like uh yeah before i get into like that part of a soul because i like that she was more stoic and she was almost like an mm -hmm. obi-wan type because she would be around the age at this point of like yeah, she, she's being a mentor yeah, but yeah. um yeah that first shot where you see her face where it's just one of her lightsabers illuminating her, yeah. her and she has the hood over her head mm -hmm. and she's like peeking out from under yeah like that's a very specific shot, and when I saw that, I was like, "Yep." <laughs> I was like, "Yep." Just that yep. one shot, I was like, "They got it right." Like yeah, they got it right. Rosario Dawson, like she's yeah, she's the one that played on um, Soko Tano, and also Eric Andre's ex girlfriend. That's what I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Ro Rosario Dawson was like, like I, I don't know how to describe how it looked like in the first, in that first scene. It felt like, there were moments it felt like a really well rendered version of a Clone Wars fight. It was yeah. like, it, it's, it's like it didn't, it was live action and they used minimal CGI, but it's like the aesthetic was so close to the cartoons and even down to how Ahsoka Tano looks. 
it it was the first time I saw like a live action version of somebody look almost exactly like the animated version and it wasn't off-putting and it was like literally you took them off the page because that's kind of an analogy people use a lot for like comic book movies and animated movies when you turn into live action it's like you took it off the page this was probably mm-hmm. the most literal feeling of that I've ever felt yeah I think you're right. Uh, I think like after seeing uh, Bo-Katan and like two episodes ago, and she was very similar to her character that she also voiced in in the Clone Wars and uh, Rebels. Uh, Like, uh, I think the one change that a lot of fans, I I, I think, I guess, you know, nitpicky uh, fans out there, uh, you know, was that her tails were a bit shorter. But yeah. I think those were mainly for function, right. you know, because like just like all the um, all the stunts and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys remember or you know, uh, Revenge of the Sith, or if you guys had the DVD at the time. Uh, you know, like when you look at all the extra like de- deleted scenes and shit. Like there's a um, there's a Jedi who's from the same species as Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what her name was, but she had like long tails and whenever she swung her lightsaber it looked like you know her it looked like a bunch of beads flying around and didn't seem very functional or you know in terms of the fighting style that ahsoka has so i thought like it was a a deliberate decision in terms of like let's try to make the the choreography and the tails work and uh i think like you know it didn't bother me as much here we go uh shakti that's her name shakti yeah yeah she, she's famous yeah. for dying in three different ways in the revenge of the sith yeah they're all deleted scenes and yeah. then and then later she died in some video game or something oh, yeah. uh like the force unleashed i think it was uh and uh, i remember because i played that game and i was like wasn't did she die in the deleted scenes yeah she died like three different yeah. ways yeah, that, that that was like the one benefit of like bringing Ahsoka Tano from animated to um, live action. The one benefit was that, you know, her species existed in live action already. Yeah. So they didn't have yeah. to like start from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing I noticed is when you, most of the times in movies, when you have to translate something from something animated to live action, the habit is to like add a lot of textures or to add a lot of like creases to them, adding just mm-hmm. adding a lot so that they would look believable in the world or that they're yeah. like compelling to the eye. But I think we're moving more towards a time where, and this is like not just the costume designer, even like the art directors and cinematographers making it work, where you can literally pull how something looks off the state off the the animated version or off the comic book or whatever and translate them almost exactly how they look into live action mm-hmm. like like somebody like mystique now i don't think that nowadays you would have to add a bunch of scales to her and stuff just to make her compelling you could literally have a blue person and it'll be fine Speaking of blue yeah. person, we'll get to that later. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of blue person, yes, I know yes. what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I, I think like also the the music they they tied in like you know Ahsoka's uh, theme. I think in in the music, so it's always very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like yeah. I mean, I felt the same way during uh, that episode with Bo-Katan. It's like this is the second episode where I felt like I was watching Clone Wars, right. but in live action. And uh, I think they're tying a lot and it's really well done. And, and uh, I think I like, this is probably my favorite, you know, footage of lightsaber fighting or just lightsabers being used in Star Wars mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, I think, uh, uh, I mean, I often diss uh, the sequel trilogy, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they they have some pretty good fights, but it felt more like fanfic, uh, fan fiction than, uh, yeah, and Star Wars. And this, uh, you know, like this is sort of like a hyper fans dream kind of wet dream, uh, Mandalorian, because yeah. they keep bringing up all this stuff from Clone Wars or from, you know, the old, uh, yeah, uh, you know, content that Star Wars used to have, yeah, you know, Legends and stuff like that. Uh, but it's just. Uh, I felt like they redid justice with the character and like casting Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano 
uh, was a really good call, in my opinion. And she, yeah. you know, she's different from the, you know, the voice is different, obviously. Uh, right. uh, but like the sort of like grace and Jedi-ness yeah. <laughs> that, that she portrayed was really good. And, yeah. uh, and I think Rie goes with the more mature, you know, Ahsoka Tano that we see. Because yeah. she is, that's the oldest version of Ahsoka, of Ahsoka Tano I think we've seen. Yeah. In the Star Wars lore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like with Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, it really feels like the natural, and I'm pretty sure Dave Filoni had a lot to do with this too. Her, mm -hmm. it, it really did feel like a natural progression of Ahsoka Tano. It didn't feel like, hey, this is the actor we could get. Let's throw him in there. Yeah. Like, um, if you watch like the first Clone Wars movie, she's like really like bubbly and hey guys, and really like high voice. And mm -hmm. then like over time, when you watch the show, she becomes a bit more stoic. Her voice becomes deeper and she starts to talk slower. And then yeah. by the time you get to Rosario Dawson, like her natural voice is, you know, deeper than um, Ashley, Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, Ashley Eckstein's like natural voice. Yeah. And uh, Rosario Dawson, um, she's had like major roles before where she's been, um, she's like held herself with some like sense of stoicness. So it's uh, like, I, once again, this is really one of the first times where I felt like they really, you know, treated the animated thing with like version with respect and they casted somebody who could portray the next progression of them. Yeah. You know, not just like, I don't know, that, yeah. that, that was a part that like impressed me the most. Like Mandalorian is one of the most fan service -y things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but it's like, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel cheap, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, it's super fan service -y, but you're like, they actually did it with taste yeah and and skill right and you're like yeah okay this is possible you know you don't have to you know be a fan service uh yeah. Yeah. you know slut and uh <laughs> yeah. no nothing feels forced That's you know nothing yeah. feels forced and uh i mean uh okay so like there are many name drops in this episode yeah. the first one being a uh, baby yoda's real name right uh, oh yeah rogu um and apparently, like, uh, how, how do you feel about Grogu? Uh, my first thought was, no, you're Baby Yoda. So uh, like, most of the country will always is, be Baby Yoda for, it, to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, just the cadence of the name, I think, is like different from what I would have like, thought. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to take some getting used I to. I mean, it's always been like Yoda. Then there was like the female Yoda, Yodel. Or is it Yado or something? Or Yodel. Or was yeah. something like, you know thought maybe it's like yodu i don't know <laughs> yeah i think it just expands a bit like the selection of names from that you know actual like alien uh species right. so you, we don't think that are all they're all called yo something you yeah know? <laughs> yo this yo that hey yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh but i don't know there were some rumors flying around that he might be yoda's like offspring like his son yeah or something because i'm not um, sure if that works in the jedi code but maybe if it's just for like survival of the species or something they might be able to do that yeah but, uh, i think well i mean um i guess the rumor now is that he was around or he will yeah. go one of the younglings mm -hmm. in revenge of the sith that yeah. uh when anakin was doing what he yeah. was doing so yeah but apparently uh one guy on youtube said uh can't remember his name i think it's star wars theory uh, this guy on YouTube, uh, pretty good. He's very knowledgeable about Star Wars stuff. And um, he was talking about, I think it was him, but um, it might be that Grogu or Baby Yoda mm -hmm. and Anakin had the same age. Mm -hmm. It's just that he ages a lot slower. Right. And uh, so they might be more or less, I'd say give or take five or 10 years, the same mm -hmm. age. Right um but then i'm not sure about that how the math works but then who's who's doing math in star wars yeah exactly uh, <laughs> they uh they jump around timelines and stuff a lot so yeah yes but um yeah the thing is like and now we see that he's created a big attachment with the uh, mandalorian 
-hmm. and uh, he is dangerously close to being like part of the dark side, you know, because of his attachments, right? Yeah. So like uh, he's not, he doesn't go to, but like there are some precedents there. Like every time, like you remember last season when he tried to strangle Gina, uh, Gina Carano, yeah, uh, Carano, yeah, because she thought that he that uh, he thought that she was like, you know hurting amando so oh, he started yeah. choking her yeah or something so like there is some precedent to that uh yeah. <laughs> so it might be you know because he has feelings yeah i know dude what, what i would have liked to see and maybe they might do this in the future is that because you know how the first order came out of i guess the remnants of the republic i would mm -hmm. i would like to see something come out of the remnants of the jedi i'm pretty sure yeah. there's something along the way there, there's something in legends that's it yeah. But it's like something that improves upon what the Jedi's teachings were, you know, because like that was always the flaw of uh, the Jedi teachings is that it taught you a lot of balance, but they didn't they didn't really teach you how to control your emotions or yeah. how to handle your dark side because yeah. the Jedi didn't like I, I would say like Yoda would Yoda would like acknowledge it here and there but there wasn't like outright teachings and or like meditations on how to balance your dark side with your good side and stuff and yeah. it's like the jedi died before they could do that so i guess if anything comes out of the sequel trilogy somewhere along the way i would like to see that because now you have <laughs> right now you have both ahsoka and obi-wan both saying no, don't do that. No, don't do that. Because, uh, yeah, I've seen what it does to the best of us. I've seen what it does to the best of us. Yeah. Anakin being the quote-unquote best of us. Yeah. And it's just a lot of fear rather than moving forward. Yeah. Well, it, it's sort of like they they choose to ignore the dark side problem rather yeah. than trying to gain actual balance because it just feels like we're going deep into Star Wars stuff here. <laughs> good. <laughs> yes. We're going yes. to take all the... Well, because like there's the such a thing, fans. I mean, that isn't known to the casual observer, but like there's such a thing as great Jedi yep. or like Jedi who are like halfway, yep. who are fine with, you know, walking that line between the light and the dark. I think I saved something know? about it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn was supposed to be a, a great Jedi, like a, let's say a closeted great jedi because he can't, couldn't be that yeah. openly i guess because of the jedi council Dude, was it ever uh, hinted in the prequels at least that qui-gon jinn was kind of the glue holding everybody together ever ever noticed that because at that after he died that's when like everything kind of like that's when everything went, went to shit, shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but anybody else like, notice this? Uh, yeah well i mean the, there are a lot of fan theories out there that say that if qui-gon jinn hadn't died like he would have taught of course, he would have taught Anakin instead of Obi-Wan, and he would have taught him how to walk that line right. and not be so, like, you know, extreme, like, no attachments, you know. Yeah. Like, the dark side is bad. Ooh. And, uh, you know, the light side is good, and you should give up all your, you know, worldly whatever, uh, yeah. you know, attachments. And you're like, uh, uh, but, you know, it's like even Jedis are, you know, people or human or alien, whatever they are, but, like, you know, they have feelings. Yeah, really. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the thing is, like, I thought that, you know, I, I was hoping that they would do that in the sequel trilogy, which they didn't. Yeah. You know, because, like, you're like, okay, so this is the third trilogy. We've talked uh -huh. about the light and the dark. Like, Luke knows that when Luke, when I saw the trailers for The Last Jedi way back when, and he was saying yeah. that the Jedi were wrong, I was like, okay, he's going to talk about maybe a more middle of the road thing. Yeah. But then that was just like, whatever and uh, the sequel we'll trilogy see. yeah the sequel trilogy felt like an expensive way to feel it out and now yeah. i'm like maybe they could have just done half of this in like a tv show or something even though they actually yeah. come to find out that like even a season or even an episode cost as much as like a movie could now so it's mm -hmm. like maybe doing the movie route was like a smarter it was a smarter thing to do because you could actually profit off of it. But um, yeah, with like the uh, it, it was just an expensive way to just like feel out where the crowd is rather than like yeah. honoring, you know. Well, I, the I mean, the, the Force Awakens was a good like start and a good way to start like a new trilogy it was, uh, you yeah. know, like 
it was very fan servicey, but you know, we got a new cast of characters and, you know, I think it was a good start, but then like the way they ended things, it's sort of uh, the way that progressed. And we know now that they had zero plan for the trilogy. They just like went movie by movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, yeah. I think I talked about this in a previous episode because like the Mandalorian, they've planned it up to season six. Mm -hmm. We're in season two, guys. They've planned (laughs) for the next like four seasons after season two. And everything has a place. I like like this when the higher ups act like leaders and creatives, if that makes sense. Because sometimes you can be one or the other. You can be the leader and just tell the artist, go run or you could be a leader and a creative and just be totally like domineering. But people that know how to be kind of like a puppeteer, like Kevin Feige probably did it the best, uh, especially in the 2010s. Like people that know how to be a puppeteer really well are are continuing, are gonna continue to kill it. And I think Dave Filoni, this is another calling card for him. I think his role in the Star Wars universe is gonna, like keep expanding yeah i think so too i hope so uh it's just yeah. like uh, so frustrating but anyway uh yeah, I, I have high hopes for the next star wars movies whenever they come out right uh i think uh wasn't taika waititi uh chosen for the next star wars movie i think um i know there was like a lot of there was a lot of filmmakers that signed on. Yeah. I don't know if there was just like a mass hiring of people to bring into the, yeah. I think to the like latest the, one. the playground of Star Wars, you know? Yeah. yeah, but I think the latest one was Taika Waititi and it seemed legit because right. he directed some episodes of The Mandalorian or one episode of The Mandalorian. Right. He was very much involved in The Mandalorian and, uh, uh, you know, they, they kicked out uh, Benioff and, uh, you know, the, the Game of Thrones guys. Right. Uh, and I think... Ryan Johnson is still somewhere in the ether somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What oh yeah, he, he was the first one or one of the first ones that was yeah, told he was, the first he was gonna one. get his own trilogy. Yeah. And John Favreau at one point was told, yeah, but I think he's kind of got enough in his plate. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, but then okay, where where were we? The, oh we? yeah, well the the ending because we were gonna right. go into okay. uh, the Akira and the whole surgery. Yeah, yeah. So well, uh, you know, they try to train Grogu and what you know, the whole dark side thing right. is brought up, and uh, Ahsoka's like, I can't train him, like he's too attached to you and whatever. Mm-hmm. So he says like, so Mandalorian strikes a deal, as he always does, and he's like. Uh, the art of the deal, if we can, like the the Mando of the deal. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the art of the Mando. The art <laughs> of the Mando. Yes. <laughs> like, by... Actually, he's not that good at he's not that good at striking deals because they keep changing the terms on him all the time. I know. Uh, <laughs> and by great leader, I guess. <laughs> yes. So like, uh, so he says like, I'll help you get rid of uh, Bruce Lee's goddaughter if you teach Grogu. Uh, I mean, and then you'll, you, you know, I'll uh, help you do this. And then like, I want you to teach Baby Yoda yeah. how to use the force and shit. So, uh, so they, uh, so they go attack the town where, you know, those henchmen were from. Right. And uh, it's a really cool, like, yeah, it it does feel a lot like Akira Kurosawa, just like running out of the out of the fog and attacking. Like, and that's I think some of the best parts of the lightsaber fights is just yeah. like how she slices that bell in half, yeah. and that sort of pose. Kind of reminded me reminded me of uh, you know Blade, like he does that pose <laughs> after he kills vampires. Oh, I, oh, it's just like I didn't think about gratuitous, that. That cool. like gratuitous doesn't like functionally has no function but just looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> So, just dude, like, now I'm now I'm thinking of that cool. opening shot with Ahsoka, and I'm like, "Yep, that that's Blade." That's, yeah, that's that Blade. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> just like, <sighs> you know, and and yeah. uh, you know, but that's really cool. And uh, then she, I mean, Ahsoka Tano, she acts as if, uh, you know, she killed Mando. Like she just yeah. like throws his shoulder plate or whatever, and like, you know, oh, like your bounty hunter failed. And then, uh, like, uh, but then he shows up on his jetpack and shoots a bunch of people and <laughs> and uh, saves the town while Ahsoka Tano fights God, uh, Bruce Lee's goddaughter. 
the magistrate. With her Beskar, with her magic spear made of Beskar. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that was really cool. Yeah. And um, I don't know, you're talking about like the henchmen and stuff kind of uh, reminded me. Uh, remember last week's episode, how uh, mm-hmm. it ended with, uh, I guess, the soldiers? Uh, turns out that you're probably closer to being right. Uh, I thought it was going to be clones, but apparently in Legends, there are these mm-hmm. things called dark troopers and they're joined. Yes. And I think I heard, you're, yeah, I heard, you're, a yes. bit, you're a bit more on the money. But um, <laughs> with um, these... I, I, listen, I listen to the right nerds. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I listen to my heart. <laughs> I listen to what my soul tells me. <laughs> my soul. Well, the thing is, I thought it was more like, okay, so clones of the emperor or something are trying to buff up some clone body. Yeah. Uh, mm. But yeah, there are some... Uh, I, I was hoping that it was going to be disconnected from the sequel trilogy in every way, yeah. uh, hopefully. Except maybe, hey, maybe we might have a de-aged Luke Skywalker show up and have our an actual good Luke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but de-aging is, is never the answer, folks. No. And yeah, uh, yeah. maybe not yet. But there um, might be, uh, that other guy from Rebels. That other Jedi who disappeared at the end of Rebels. Uh, oh yeah, Ezra, who was the main Mil- uh, Ezra, Ezra Mil- Miller. <laughs> Ezra Miller is just gonna like choke down the magistrate. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> with his fancy overcoat, you know, just like he's gonna uh, like <laughs> Ezra Miller. Like they're gonna be like, fighting, <laughs> and then the lady's gonna say something like. You fight uh, like Ezra. He's going to show up out of nowhere. What did you say about me? What did just you say her, about me? Choke her down in front of a <laughs> bar. Choke her down. Not even using the force. He's like, he's not even using the force. He's so strong. No, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but what's it? It's Ezra something else. Or like Ezra, Br- whatever Bridger. his name is. It was Bridge, Bridger. Bridger. Ezra yeah. Bridger. Yeah, it sounds so, uh, it's so similar it's to... It's in there. It's in there. It's like Itter, it's Miller, it's Bridger. It's in that wheelhouse. <laughs> it's in that wheelhouse. So, uh, but I mean, oh, no. Ezra, Ezra Bridger. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Ezra Miller again. <laughs> Ezra Bridger. Oh, God. If they brought Ezra Miller to this. Oh, God. It might be because, like, okay, so at the end of the episode, I think uh, Ahsoka Tano tells Mando, like, she can't train Grogu, Baby right. Yoda, uh, and tells him to bring him at the top of a mountain on some alien planet. Uh, that actually in Legends is the original planet of the where the Jedi come from, or like yeah. where the first Jedi appeared, because it's mm-hmm. very Force, it attracts the Force in, in some major way. Right. So like, and maybe another Jedi will reach the Force, so maybe it's Ezra Bridger, and he has a sort of history in balancing the light and the dark, right. in a way. He's not like your monk, you know, run-of-the-mill Jedi who's like a monk or something, like he's a yeah. normal guy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Ezra. Uh, I don't know who everybody that survived at the end of Rebels, but Ezra is definitely still out there. He started off the series yeah. like like a scrappy, kind of like what Ray was at the a beginning scrappy, of Star Wars. A scrappy urchin. Scrappy guy. A- <laughs> scrappy. Scrappy do. But yeah. A scrappy urchin, Street you know, rat. like in the streets of Christmas Carol, you know, or something, you know, whatever. So, anyway, you know, like so Oliver Twist kind of character, you know. Yes. <laughs> so like, Oliver Twist Bridger know. might uh still be yeah, out Oliver there. Oliver Twist Bridger. <laughs> but there is one person that's definitely still out there, the blue guy. The blue guy. Thrawn. You know, who's you Thrawn that you can see on weekdays with the Blue Man group now. <laughs> Just like beating his drums and calling uh you know as signals to get back to the mothership. Uh, but uh, so, <laughs> the cantina so yeah, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who at the end of at the end of Rebels, he disappeared with Ezra Bridger, right, uh, on the back of a space whale, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's why Ezra Bridger disappeared with Admiral Thrawn. So mm-hmm. like, if if Admiral Thrawn is still in the picture, maybe that's why uh, you know, Ahsoka Tano is also looking for Ezra as well. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why she's asking. I mean, Thrawn, I feel, it, it's, it almost blows my mind that Ahsoka Tano was like built up or there were quote unquote leaks happening about her casting mm-hmm. to kind of build this up as like the big reveal. And at the end of the episode, you find out that's not, she's not that's the not biggest the big, reveal of the season. That's not the big reveal. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was like Grand so Admiral that, Thrawn. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a big time actor that showed up like in one of the last episodes that's like oh, yeah, you, you do 
like basically it's like money laundering right it's like you use kind of like a front and Ahsoka tunnel is like the front but while all those quote-unquote leaks and stuff are coming out it's like money laundering. You, you have Thrawn yeah. you have a big actor playing Thrawn and like signing the contracts and doing yeah. the makeup and stuff Busy the, anyway, yeah. The, the guy. Well, the thing is, the guy who did the voice for Admiral Thrawn in the Rebels uh, TV show was uh, is uh, Mads Mikkelsen's brother, like some oh. other some something Mikkelsen. I can't remember his first name right now. Huh. But Mike is looking Lars. For that, right? <laughs> Lars Mikkelsen from Denmark. Wait, he played and, the. Um, see, everybody looks voice. like every. So far, the people I'm seeing from rebels and uh clone wars look like they, they could play like, yeah. the live action version so except wondering. for ahsoka like i love you yeah. ashley xim but yeah she doesn't have to be like rosario yeah <laughs> yeah it had to be rosario uh but like he kind of looks like thrawn and uh yeah. he could conceivably show up and go like hi i'm admiral thrawn and uh you know but you know like Okay, I'm going to bash the sequel series again. But like Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn would have been such a great villain for the for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Like he's still out there. He was still out there, you know, in Legends. He wasn't in the original movies, but he was still out there. And like he could have, he was the biggest danger for a resurgent empire. Yeah. And just like they didn't use him. Uh, uh, you know. I mean, like what was his whole role? Because I know that in Legends... He shows up, I would say, bef- it was like, was it sometime before the original trilogy or so? I think so. Well, like, because he, he's, he sort of pops up before and during a little bit, but you never see him. He's like on, in a different part of the galaxy or something. Yeah. But then, uh, but then in, in Legends, after the original trilogy, he comes back and tries to lead a... Uh, like the remnants of the empire and tries to take back the the galaxy right uh but it's like uh but i mean legends isn't canon anymore since uh disney bought star wars yeah they're kind of just borrowing it because they're putting thrawn in like different timelines and stuff now so yeah so i mean like thrawn uh in terms of like canon he 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 disappeared with ezra bridger right and then we haven't heard of him until now in the mandalorian so uh you know um maybe we'll, we'll get a better story i'm sure thing is like maybe it's a blessing like the sequel trilogy is a blessing in disguise you yeah. know like they didn't use all the cool stuff so that we can see all the cool stuff and the mandalorian you know, right. can enjoy it week after week so yeah. you know I, i'll i think about it like that it makes me feel good yeah <laughs> and i guess like uh outside of stories i guess it just makes me think of like what the role and we talked about this before, like the role of movie theaters, because more and more streaming is becoming mm-hmm. like the main event for anything. And anything outside of streaming is kind of like an add on or an extra to what's on streaming. So yeah. it's, uh, I, I don't know, I think you're going to see a lot of this. And like Disney is actually putting all their effort into streaming right now. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not if, surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot of more things from streaming showing up like even at their parks and whatnot yeah somewhere along the way well it's like uh, you know i think they're releasing most of their movies now on on disney plus except they haven't they didn't announce black widow i think, I think they're gonna keep that for theaters they're gonna hold on yeah to it. but i mean uh, i think soul is coming to streaming yeah. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it won't be uh, like a premium, like a Disney Plus premium thing where you have to pay like $30 to see it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think people are still working out all the kinks of this yeah. whole streaming yeah. uh, business. And uh, we'll see. Thing is, like, Warner Brothers is, is uh, I mean, they're releasing Wonder Woman 80, 1984 on HBO right. Max and in theaters. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. And uh, the rumor now is that there's going to be a Disney 18 plus, I guess there's a possible leak trailer that came out where they said, this is coming in 2021. For the, for the adults? Yes. Well, cool. it, it, that would technically just make it Hulu, but you know, uh, I have like a few well, more months they, left yeah. from Verizon. So bring it all to Disney plus. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thing is, I heard that Hulu thing is like they, they have, they pay so many royalties that right. it's, it hasn't been a big moneymaker for Disney. 
So uh, like, I don't know, there were some rumors maybe a couple of weeks ago that they wanted to sell Hulu, but you know, I I think they should just like, you know, uh, keep it and see what happens because like they, they wanted to expand to Europe, but that never happened because Disney plus wanted to, you know, Disney wanted to throw Disney plus into the ring. So uh, it's, it's sort of, you know, Great. Guys, you know, Disney, get your streaming platforms together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I like seeing the Mandalorian getting, uh, it doesn't get like outright explicit, but you know, it does get violent and stuff at points. And yeah. I, I like seeing that just because I know early on for Disney Plus, there was like a fight over what is considered family friendly. And they've been very inconsistent, I guess, through that. Like one minute, they're censoring a bit of cleavage on Wizards of Waverly Place and canceling the Lizzie McGuire yeah. and moving move, the Lizzie McGuire reboot and moving Love, Simon or whatever that show was to Hulu. And then on the other hand, they have movies that say like shitty and stuff and like uncensored um, Simpsons episodes and you have The Mandalorian and you have like even Pirates of the Caribbean was out. So it's like there's this push-pull and now Disney has even that one movie, what is it, Out, where it was about like a gay couple. So they basically moved one thing about gay people to Hulu because they're like, oh, we don't know about this, but now they're bringing in another one. So I'm hoping in 2021, I guess the point of all this, they they have more of an idea of who they think they are. And I hope that just leads to a lot more just, just good content. No, I think, uh, yeah, I hope that they get their shit together because they, they're really inconsistent with what should be on Disney Plus. What What is Disney Plus? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're grownups. We, we don't care really about what's on there, but uh, yeah. then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they should just have some more, maybe it's make it easier to control content for your kids or something on Disney Plus, or maybe it could be something like that. I don't know. Like, I mean, I know Netflix has their own, like you can create a kid's channel Mm -hmm. and you can like put codes on the other account so that your kids can't, I'm not sure about the codes though, but like you, you know, there's like a, you can choose a channel that's just for kids. Yeah. And that way they don't see stuff like Narcos and, (laughs) and all that good stuff, you know, but uh, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's also a question of their brand. Like Disney is about family friendly, like, kids yeah but i mean like a lot of i would say disney even though their big thing was always family friendly the idea of family friendly changes a lot yeah and what makes something disney like good disney is like this sense of honesty and authenticity even though it's like a corporate shill even though it's like a corporate yeah even though what, what they put out is like corporate content and stuff is like they have a sense of still making it, you know, like honest and relatable. And everything they did over time, I think, wasn't a part of the original plan. Like, I'm not sure if, you know, how Beyonce had Black is King. I don't know if that was part yeah. of the original plan. Um, this folklore Taylor yeah. Swift thing, I saw like part of it this weekend. And yeah, they yeah, get into too. deep conversations. <laughs> yeah, I almost fell asleep. But like, they were saying like, oh yeah, I don't want to do this because it's shitty and this and that. And it's like, at first I, I thought nothing of it. And then I was like, wow, they just said shit on Disney Plus. Hey, you know, hey Iron Man said shit. <laughs> exactly. I, I, if Iron Man can say shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, so, because uh, I think violence in terms of like what Disney is uh, ready to accept, it's like violence is okay as long as you don't see any blood, essentially. Right. Yeah. So I think, which is why Marvel and I mean, Star Wars, like if you cut somebody down with a with a lightsaber like right. i guess a lightsaber will cauterize whatever <laughs> blood is supposed to come out except so, in the freaking um yeah. what is the it was it empire strikes back when he was uh, uh, he, he was, was on the ice planet hope. or when he had to like cut off the the the, 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 the thing the, the, the oh ice yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i mean i mean he he but like and there was blood like coming out in yeah. in new hope uh i mean in, yeah in empire strikes back luke cuts the <laughs> ice monsters arm off yeah but then like obi-wan kenobi ben kenobi cut that guy's arm off uh, on tatooine and that was like you know then you just see this 
arm on the floor with like blood dripping out yeah uh so like that was before the idea of like you know the lightsaber being so hot that it actually burns uh and cauterizes your your limbs <laughs> yeah before it was just blood yeah before it was blood <laughs> and uh you know so it's uh yeah but yeah i don't know it's it's it, to my mind it's pretty inconsistent but then i'm yeah. sure there's some legal yeah. uh they, they probably do whatever's legal yeah in terms of like what the sensors are are ready to accept and that's yeah and that's it i think well, at least like disney was kind of in good company this year because of like things like covid and like the movements happening and stuff it's like every company is kind of like re-evalu- reevaluating who they are and it's kind of like at one point you may have to be more bold and and or explicit to like make a stance or one mm-hmm. moment you might have to like completely hold back because I don't know, some study may have come out that showing this kind of stuff will affect kids. And it's like, this has been a very inconsistent year in terms yeah, of for sure. companies knowing who they are, which means that I hope in 2021, you know, there is some, there is some settling, you know, not just for, us but you know even for like the workers working there because you would you would want to work somewhere that kind of knows who they are ahead of time yeah. before you walk in <laughs> yeah but uh that will be that's a mystery for now mm-hmm. and we will see what happens <laughs> so uh yeah so uh well you know this uh well we didn't talk much about that fight uh between ahsoka tano and, and uh bruce lee's goddaughter Oh, it, was, it was pretty good. Was pretty yeah, let's good. get into it for like five minutes, actually. Yeah, just for five minutes, and then yeah, we'll let like... you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your day. But yeah. it's uh, so obviously uh, since I, I can't, rem- I don't know what her name is, but we'll, we'll probably find the, that out. The magistrate. So the magistrate Diana Lee Inosanto. Um, she plays the the uh, the villain in this episode, and uh, of course she has a staff of pure Beskar, and and uh, at the end they have this fight between her and uh, Sokotano, and I think it was it was very much a uh, I, I I don't want to say well maybe it's like a more stoic kind of toned down more like original trilogy kind of fight. Right. You know, it's really like you know they're they're on this bridge over the water. For this mm-hmm. passage and they're just like sizing each other up and just like trading blows here and there it's not this like you know acro- acrobatic lightsaber fest of uh, yeah. of uh, revenge of the sith yeah. but uh, i think it was and it brings us back to the what we were talking about before it was really felt more like a uh samurai movie because like they have like two blows and then they break apart and then like they size each other up and then back in again and then you know, it was very much a very measured, more calm fight, but very focused. So yeah. I think that that was really fun to watch. Yeah. Then you also have a standoff between Mando and and uh, just to tie back that Western, you yeah. know, cowboy kind of feel. Yeah. So it's it's uh, altogether, you know, all things considered, I think this was probably the best episode of the season to me. Yeah. I think. It felt like yeah. a, a toned down version of the fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith felt like a somewhat toned down version of that, but like for good reason, because of course, like when you take a look at when this takes place, it's like it was around when lightsaber fights started to become a bit slower. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the point in the prequel trilogy especially was that it was a time when they were a lot more efficient and a lot more showy. Granted, Ahsoka does do a few flips and big jumps once in a while. But yeah, if you look at the timeline, it makes sense that they're fighting, you know, the way they do. Yeah, it was more about form rather than function before. Yeah. And uh, now it's really like, you know, try, you're trying to beat this. Well, and also, I think uh, a lot of people are complaining that why didn't Ahsoka just like force push her or something and kill her? But then she wants mm-hmm. that information. So that's why, you know, I think she, she took her time because, uh, you know, she doesn't want to kill uh, that, uh, the, uh, the governor or whatever her name is. And uh, I think that's why she was so cautious because like she thought if I swipe too fast, I might kill her and, and lose that information that I want to get yeah. about Admiral Thrawn. 
So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, as I said before, really enjoyable episode. Uh, and I think uh, this brings our episode to an end this week. Smooth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smooth. I think it was smooth until until I said smooth. So we'll... we'll uh, I said smooth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, the awkward oh, maker. I can feel... I can feel you. The you know, it's like mm. we're all connected. We're all connected through the force, Mike. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so all connected us. we are. Uh, but uh, so uh, this is our fifth episode about the Mandalorian. We all hope right. you guys uh, enjoyed it. Uh, you can listen to us on a bunch of platforms for podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and now we are on Audible since last week. Wait, what? I forgot to tell Mike, we are on Audible. Say, what? Uh, Dude, that's cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, how, how do you I want get... to keep it a surprise. I want to keep it as a surprise. How do you get us on Audible? Oh, well, oh, well, thank you. I have listeners. no idea, but, but I have no idea, but, but I, I managed. <laughs> wow. Is there just like an influx of just like people hiring just indie? Maybe. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. Maybe. But it's all thanks to you guys. And also, I wanted to say that uh, one of you, one of you, our listeners, is probably the 500th play of our podcast one of you guys uh so you know congratulations to you and to us Uh, (laughs) hey if you want to look at uh, other platforms where we're on uh we put them in the link below in the description of uh, this recording we're also on youtube if you guys prefer you know listening to us at work or something and you know like pin that tab hide it you know between your other tabs as (laughs) as we always do and uh so hey you know this is uh this has been a cool episode about ashoka tano and uh